Letters from a Glass House is a not-for-profit ministry of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Venice, Florida. Support us today at UUCOV.org. It's a challenge deciding to talk about CRT in a church. Because the first question you get asked is, isn't this political theory rather than theology? Yes, and. It's a political theory that we have to pay attention to. Because it hurts people. And there's been a lot of laughter about this one. A few years back, probably eight years ago, someone asked, can there be racism without racists? And somebody just blundered ahead and said, yes, there can be racism without racists. Look at critical race theory. And that immediately got seized on, especially by Christian nationalists, as a bunch of left-wing hooey. The idea that we're all snowflake libtards, whether we are Republicans who don't happen to be Christian nationalists or Democrats or independents, we got tarred with the same brush, this idea that we must be foolish if we believe there could be racism without racist. CRT is how there is racism without racists, necessarily. What does that mean? It means that way back, active racists created systems that benefited themselves. Back in the 1600s, the 1700s, the 1800s, systems were created where black people and brown people couldn't do the same things as white people. For all of you who lived through the 40s, the 50s, you remember when there were colored water fountains, when classrooms were not segregated or were not desegregated, when black people had to go to a different bathroom, a different water fountain, a different pool, a different amusement park. Yes, the active racists who wrote the laws were back there. But the systems they created were in and of themselves racist, and they perpetuate. And they perpetuate to the point that people who live today may not even realize that the system gives privilege to white people. I'm sure you've all heard the, the phrase, we're all travelers on a journey. You've heard the phrase life journey. And we all carry metaphorical suitcases filled with things that we picked up and things we think we need. And one of the suitcases that we carry through this journey, some of us in bigger ways, some of us in smaller, but we all carry it. We carry this baggage of white supremacy that's in our culture, and it's ugly. And the outsides of the suitcase have changed over the years. The outside is the part that gets claimed publicly, that we're willing to have people see us carry. From the Mayflower to the civil rights era of the 60s, 
The outside said some pretty outrageous things. This is from Clements Royer's 1862 preface to Darwin's Origin of Species. Royer wrote, the races are not distinct species, but quite unequal varieties. She said that natural selection made it clear that superior races are destined to supplant inferior ones, and that one needs to think carefully before claiming political and civic equality among people composed of an Indo-European minority and a Mongolian or Negro majority. Now that's horrible. If we read that today, we'd have a fit. But it was believed at the time. People would not have been ashamed to say something like that publicly. As a country, we had convinced ourselves of manifest destiny. And some of you may have had that in your high school history or civics classes, this idea that especially the white man was destined to rule, right? We were destined to conquer, sweeping aside any inconvenient native people who were in the way when we conquered things. And we discovered a lot of things that happened to have people living on them. And there was only one way to be an American, and it involved either having white skin or wishing you did. It involved white Anglo-Saxon culture and values and religious expressions and beliefs. And that ugly suitcase is still around today. It says, white is right on the outside. A few years ago at Charleston, it said, the Jews will not replace us. That was the battle cry there. It's ugly. But good and kind people also have versions of this suitcase, and this is where we get tangled up. These are the micro versions. I don't see color. All colors are the same. Well, yes, and no, really, where are you from? We are a post-racial society. My family never owned slaves. <laughs> hey, will you join our board? We need a person of color. It's the same suitcase. It's just the teeny tiny version. And we don't mean it. And this is the first area of the academic theory, critical race theory. This notion that casual racism is normalized in a culture. It's not the weird part, it's the normal part. Our mainstream culture puts forth the idea that we should be totally colorblind and that our country is a meritocracy where people do well or not well based only on their ability. Colorblindness says to black or brown people, you're only good if we don't see you as different from white. We don't see your color. We don't see your linguistic structure. You can't be other or we don't want to deal with it. 
Meritocracy pretends that our whole culture doesn't have an expectation of white as the neutral. And it ignores the fact that the powerful only give up power when it benefits them. And today in America, the powerful are white. It's woven in so deeply that most of the time we don't see it. And I know, I know, because I had the same reaction. A lot of us are sitting here today thinking, I don't discriminate. Of course you don't. You're good people. You absolutely, there is not one of you in this room that would treat a black or a brown or an indigenous or a queer person any different than you would treat anybody else. I know that to the bottom of my soul because you are good people. But our culture doesn't get it. So let me ask some questions. What color is a flesh tone bandage? <laughs> if we went to the same hotel, would the shampoo and conditioner that's provided in every room work for both your hair and mine? In the food aisles, when you go to the grocery, is your food in an aisle marked ethnic? <laughs> or maybe it has the name of a country on it, just, just in case. Can your child or your grandchild turn on the TV and see people who look like them being doctors and lawyers or judges on more than one show? Can you or your child or your grandchild wear your hair naturally? Or will it violate a dress code? Right now, at best, our over overarching culture is willing to give absolutely anybody a chance to be white. <laughs> and we do it in lesser ways to Appalachians and Southerners. Every time I go into the store and ask for a bag of flour. <laughs> you know, historically, the UUA and other groups have talked about white privilege. And the closest analog I can get is it's like playing a video game on the average setting. You still have battles to fight. But you can see the game map, and you have five lives and a sword. Being white means you get given the benefit of the doubt. So the second piece of critical race theory is called interest convergence. Dr. Nicholas Daniel Hartlip writes, Derek Bell's 1980 theory of interest convergence is a critical piece of CRT. Common sense beliefs are formulated by the majority status quo. The beliefs created by the majority, the haves, oppress minority groups. They have nots. They have too littles. More precisely, interest convergence is the notion whites will allow and support racial justice or progress to the extent that there's something positive in it for them, or a convergence between the interests of whites and non-whites. And CRT focuses on telling the public how certain stories act and serve to silence and distort groups of people and cultures, typically people of color. 
The third piece of critical race theory is the idea that race is only a social construct and that it negatively impacts people of color. What's that mean? Well, it means that we as a group decide what race you are based on some weird stuff. Do any of you remember the one drop rule, hearing about it in school? If you have one drop of black blood, you are black. In post-World War II restricted suburbs, European ethnics blended together as whites, while minorities were marked by urban poverty or used and then rejected by programs like the Bracero Program or Operation Wetback, both of which used brown-skinned people to work until they were not needed and then deported them. Who is black or brown, and how do you know? Because it isn't skin color. How about these actors and musicians? Pete Wentz is Jamaican. Vin Diesel is black. The Rock is Samoan and black. Jason Momoa, indigenous Hawaiian. Olivia Munn is Chinese. Kaneo Reeves, indigenous Hawaiian and Chinese. Clark Gable, black and Native American. Alexander Dumas, black. St. Augustine, black. St. Nicholas, black. Our race is decided by our society and based on whether or not you look and act white. The fourth pillar of critical race theory is the idea of storytelling and counter storytelling. What's that mean? What children are taught in schools is based on white middle class mainstream values and kids get told the story that this is the normal way to be. Because of this, a lot of stories and experiences are not shared unless there is counter storytelling deliberately designed to bring forward other experiences. Day says, white skin privilege creates significant advantage for white people. And there are scores of things that white people don't encounter. He said, for example, my skin color does not work against me in terms of how people perceive my financial responsibility, style of dress, public speaking skill, or job performance. People do not assume I got where I am professionally because of my race or affirmative action. Store security and law enforcement officers don't harass me, pull me over, or follow me because of race. And all these things are things I never have to think about. And when the tables get turned, I get indignant, Holiday writes. My cousin Erica is black. She and I drive the same vehicle we both have a black SUV about the same year. She is visibly black with dark skin. She came to Wisconsin to interview for a job with my church. Lovely people, they loved her, she loved the church. Our cars look identical. She is a safer driver than I am, I have a lead foot. 
On the way home from interviewing at my church, she was stopped not once, not twice, but four times. They thought she had a light out. She didn't. She was going three miles over the speed limit. They thought her windshield wiper was off. It wasn't. And one wanted to warn her that they thought she was driving recklessly. All this was within two miles of where I lived, where I had never been stopped. The stories we tell. The final piece of CRT is the idea that whites have been the recipients of civil rights legislation, even though they did not mean to be. Legislation has taken us from legal separation of the races to de facto segregation due to white flight to avoid becoming minorities in any area. So five tenets, five things that are being taught. Racism is ordinary. The idea of interest convergence, the idea of the social construct of race, storytelling and counter-storytelling, and whites have accidentally been recipients of civil rights legislation. And this is what people across our country are fighting to keep children from hearing. The theory has been called evil, Black Panther indoctrination. <laughs> that one always is. And much worse. And even in our own churches, there have been some calls against even hearing CRT. If we really believe in individual worth and dignity, you need to at least hear the theories and decide for yourself how you feel about them. It doesn't say that we're bad. It says that white supremacy is ugly and it's time to put it down and do better. It says it's time to grow and to change our lens. It's time to explore liberation. It's time to take that suitcase full of ugly, dump it out, burn it, and scatter the ashes to the wind. Educate yourselves. In the words of Bernice Johnson Reagan, we who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes, until the killing of black men, black mothers' sons, as is important as the killing of white mothers' sons. We who believe in freedom cannot rest and it's time to get up from our nap and study up and decide what it is we believe so that we continue to do the work of living up to our principles. Thank you so much for listening. Amen.